You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. I'm happy to have you joining us this evening, this morning actually. Uh, this is a really great episode. This started last year. We did this same episode. I made a 2019 lifters planning guide. And I put it up on the website. It was a free download. And everyone jumped on it. And it was nice to see. And it was, it was people were sending me in their goals. I, I ran it through with my team. Um, so those who I coach, uh, I sent this to them just to get a good handle on what they wanted to achieve this year. Uh, and I think it's important for any lifter to go through this goal-setting process. Not only uh, to set goals, but to set very detailed, uh, intricate goals, uh, set an action plan on how to achieve them, and also reflect on your past year. So I, I made some modifications to the, uh, the planning guide this year. And I'm excited to share it with y'all. We're going to go through it. Um, I'm going to share my goals here with, with small arm, big ass knee. And uh, you're, you're going to be able to go on the website, bigbenches.com, and download this planning guide for yourself. All right, you can see there he's putting it up on the screen, those watching live. But you can go to bigbenches.com and download this planning guide for free right now. So if you're watching live, you jump on this right now. All right, it's up there. I encourage everyone to go through it. You know, I shared this story last year when I filled out this planning guide, and this was something I took from a podcast I would listen to, and um, you know, kind of revamped it and made it something for lifters. But when I started this guide last year, when I filled it out for the first time, I had two seven hundred pound benches to my name. You know, it was two times in competition I hit seven hundred pounds. Uh, you know, how did I finish the year? Well, I ended up with 820 pounds, and, and my goal last year was 800-pound bench. That was my quote-unquote scary goal, and I'm going to get into what a scary goal is classified as, what, what's behind a scary goal, but that was my scary goal. That was something that was almost hesitant to put out into the world. Uh, it was a big goal. Many people might you know scoff at it, be like, you know, it's going to take a little more time there, um, but, you know, I felt confident if I took the right steps, I could reach that goal. Ended the year with an 820-pound bench, a 2,120-pound total. So, you know, it was a good year. And a lot had to do with, you know, the position I put my mindset at the beginning of the year. So, um, very important, guys, that, that you go through this process. Uh, as a lifter, you need to know what you want to achieve. Sometimes it's not always numbers-based, too. Sometimes it's you want to get to a, a certain competitive event. Um, some people just want to make it to regionals, nationals, the, you know, the championship, the Arnold. Yeah, that's a good one, the Arnold. That was my goal in 2017. It wasn't a specific total. It was just whatever total got me to the Arnold. That was the end goal, really, to get to that event and to eventually win the event. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it's just a, it's getting back. Maybe you're injured. And it was getting back into training. For me, this past year was interesting because I was trying to get back into a full power multiply run. You know, that was something that was a big goal of mine. And, you know, at the end of the year, I was able to achieve it. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really to PR necessarily. It was just kind of get back into doing it. 
So a little bit of different take on a goal there, but everyone's going to be different. So pretty much you break it down. There's six steps to this planning guide. Again, you can download bigbenches.com. It's in the programs. So if you go to the store page, um, you've got to go to the programs tab. All right, you'll see 2020 planning guide. And uh, you do have to fill out information and all that because it is like buying a product of ours. However, uh, you will not be charged a dime. It is $0.00. Tell them, Elvis. And uh, while you're there, you should also pick up that upper back trading guide, which is also 100% free. That's also free. But if it's it's free, it's for me. That's right. (laughs) So $0.00. All right, guys, so you, you have to fill out the information, but you're going to receive free download. Okay, um, so breaking it down, there's six steps to this 2020 planning guide. Okay, first step is reflection. Reflect on your past year. All right, you have to uh, go through a period of reflection. I, I find that's very important. I find that's the best part of goal setting is I'm digging up a lot of the things I set out to do uh, at the beginning of 2019. And, you know, I, I was reflecting on a lot of them the past night, and um, I did not achieve most of them. But I did achieve some of them. But I found even if I didn't achieve the goal, they were big goals that I was very close to, which is the whole idea. You know, you want to set a goal that is it's a hefty goal. It's going to be something hard to reach. And by doing that, even if you don't attain that goal, you're going to be in a very good place. So while I, so for myself, um, yeah, a lot of my business goals I did not reach, but I got close. A lot of my training goals I did ended up doing very well. Um, you know, like I just explained, having only two hundred two seven hundred pound benches to my name starting 2019, um, starting the year off a little rough at the Arnold, and then coming back hitting the 820 pound bench. That's top 40 all-time, 275, and a, a 2120 total at the end of the year, getting back into full multiply lifting. So I was very happy with how that went. But having that reflection, understanding you know, how close you got to your goals, what you need to do going forward to, to actually reach them, um, to set new goals, you got to reflect on the past year. So in the past, last year, this was a little lower on the list. But this year, step one is all about reflection. All right, and I have some questions that we're going to go through uh, in the planning guide that are going to help you, uh, kind of guide you through what to think about, how to think. Uh, step two is going to be defining your goals for 2020. All right, so this is all about, you know, why are you even lifting in the first place and trying to think deep here, um, you know, what you want to achieve competitively, setting scary goals, and I'll talk about that with you. Um, and then how will you give back? You know, this is something that I really want to touch on as well. Step three is going to be declaring your numbers because a lot of what we do with powerlifting is very numbers-based, right, guys? You know, we want to hit and achieve certain numbers. And as I say, the higher up you get with these, with these numbers, it gets freaking tough. You know, it's really tough to keep adding poundages to your lifts. Um, and it just gets harder and harder. So... It's really important just to, to have those numbers in your head, know what you want to achieve, and then take the necessary action steps to get there. Big part of that is changing your habits. Step four is all about habit change. What bad habits kept you back from attaining your goals in 2019? What good habits 
uh, or habits are you going to build upon this year? Um, you know, what, what things were you doing good you want to continue to do or things you want to start to implement? But habits are critical because they're part of your daily routine. They're just things that you do without thinking. Uh, it's very important that you have those in place. So, uh, for example, a habit I built during the summer, which was great and I, I want to continue to do, is I would have the noon tabs, the electrolyte tabs. And the first thing in the morning is all about hydration. You, know, you just went through a period where you're very dehydrated. Uh, you weren't drinking water overnight. You wake up. You know the first, the worst thing you can do is really hit the coffee quick. And you know, unfortunately, I do that quite a bit as well too. Uh, sip of coffee for the working man, right? But you know, the important thing is that you start hydrating right away. So that was, for example, one of the good habits I had in place there. Mm, damn good, hundred percent Colombian. Uh, and then step five. This is probably the most critical part of your goal setting process, the action steps. And I only make you I, I make you narrow it down to five in this planning guide. Alright, because you don't want to clutter it too much. You wanna think of five very impactful things. Yeah, you know, we can think of twenty things, but a lot of them are probably going to be a little unnecessary. You're just going to be spitting shit out at that point. Five things only. Five action steps. You got to think about this one a little bit. And then step six is write a framework. You know, what is your training schedule going to look like? Is it sustainable? You know, is it due to change at a certain time? You know, are certain periods of the year you want to account for? Uh, when are you competing? And then also another important thing is who are you going to travel to and learn from and train with this year? You know, go out there. And if you want to get better, train and learn from better people. So this is always something that's at the forefront of my mind. Um, and I have a little list here. Some people I'd really like to go out and get some benching with. Um, those some I met uh, past couple of years. And, um, you know, it's really important that you just continue to go out there and learn and just this past year, going up to upstate New York, um, and I was—I like—I love training with Rich Putnam. It's always a wealth of knowledge being around those guys and just seeing how they conduct themselves in the gym. Just like a crazy group of guys and, and girls in there, getting crazy strong, pushing weights, uh, just getting after it. And you just learn from being in that environment. Um, but he showed me some awesome moves I wouldn't otherwise learn. So it's important to get out there and just learn from other people and see what other people are doing. Um, so that's going to be a key thing as well here, and that's in step six. So it's a six-step process, this planning guide. All right, guys and ladies listening in. Uh, so we're going to go through it now. All right, so again, bigbenches.com. You can download this for free in the program section of the store. All right, um, so go ahead, do that now. If you're watching live, you can jump on that right now and look with us. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, once you hear this, uh, it's up there. Go grab it, 2020 Planning Guide. This was a hot item in 2019, okay? A lot of people downloaded this. Um, you know, my team is going to go through this. I want to make sure that they are analyzing what they want to achieve this year, setting big goals for themselves, and then, you know, it's my job to help them reach that. So uh, I encourage anyone to, uh, if you pick up this 2020 planning guide, there's something special at the end. I'm giving out a free month to our VIP group, 
a lot of perks and benefits in that group, as you heard me explain time and time again in the podcast. We have a tab for that on the website as well. But you are going to receive a free month if you fill this out and you email it back to me. Or if you email me a completed PDF of the 2020 planning guide, you are going to receive a free month within that group. All right, and there is a ton, a ton of stuff that you can delve into from there. All right, just in that content folder alone that we share, uh, a lot of great info there that you can get your hands on if you want to get serious with your training this year. Looks like uh, Vicky's already pumped for this training guide. Absolutely. I'm pumped for the training guide. Listen, I started making this, revamped it this year, and I'm pumped to uh, to get into it as well. Uh, it really fires me up thinking about uh, what I need to achieve this next year. Just seeing the success I found from doing this um, multiple times, you know, not just this past year, but you know, again, just having 200, two 700-pound benches to my name. You know, things weren't going, shaking out too well in 2018 opposed to other years. And then, you know, to really sit down and think about this stuff and set these goals and have the action plans in, in place, uh, just good things happen. You know, even if you're not looking at it every day and following it to a T, it's just good things happen from getting it down on paper. Uh, you know, what's the quote here I got at the beginning here, Elvis? I think it's I don't uh, have the first those page. who write down their goals right are there, 42% 40%. more likely to reach them. Yeah, tell them again. Those who write down their goals are 42% more likely to reach them. That stat is pretty crazy. 42% just from writing down your goal. We're not even talking about doing any action steps or anything. Just simply writing down what you want to achieve, 42% more likely. It's one of those things in your head. It's just an idea. Once it write, you write it down, it's something physical. It's something you can actually feel. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's the first action step. You know, the important thing is the action steps to get to your goal, and that's the first one. That's writing it down. All right, so we're going to go through it. Uh, me and the big-ass knee are going to uh, share our goals. Um, you know, Elvis's unfortunately, Elvis's knees can't get any bigger than they are currently. They're stuck the size they are, although gigantic. Every year I ask Santa for bigger <laughs> knees, and every year he snubs me. Every year uh, he remains the same knee size. They're big as ass, and he can't get any bigger with them, so that's out. So he's focused on training this year. <laughs> All right. First, step one, reflect on this past year. All right. Now, I have a lot written down. I'm sure you have a good amount, too, as well there, Elvis. Um, I'm going to condense it. I'm going to write. Um, I'm only going to share some key things. And then, guys, this is for you to get an idea. So if you download this training guide, uh, I'm going through this podcast here as a way uh, to show how I wrote things down and then how you can utilize this planning guide as well to help you, to benefit you in your training. Okay, so we're just, I'm just going to condense it. I have a lot of shit here. We're not going to cover everything, um, but I'm going to pick out a few key things. You have a key thing you want to share? So the first question we're answering, what were the positives from the last year? What type of training felt effective to you? you know, when did you notice you were making a lot of progress? Uh, what did you learn about training in general? You know, really think about this one. Uh, what did you learn from your failures or your, your you know, like the positive experiences? Uh, what did you learn in general? What do you need to watch out for? And then what did you accomplish technically? You know, from a technical perspective, treating lifting like a sport, trying to get better every time we're in the gym. You know, how did you go about getting better? Okay. So why don't you share what you got? You know? All right. So positive. I'll take a sip of coffee for the working man. Had some good positives. Had like a full meat prep cycle. That was felt really good. 
Uh, just felt really good with team trading. Dad was all great. Uh, fortunately, I, you know, th- this year hasn't been so great as far as injuries went, so that kind of sucks. That was tough for you. It was, it's been a rough year, but uh, hopefully I'm finishing it off on the upswing. So you're not getting too far ahead of us, are you? Oh no, no, no. I don't want to. Don't want to like you know answer just the positive, just the positive, just the positive. Meat felt okay. felt great. Had a good time, especially on overloading on squats. I was able to load them week to week. Usually, yeah, I have an you issue. made good progress on the squats. I uh, hit a 390 squat PR. Uh, it's like since my knee surgery, the most I ever did was 395. So that's pretty nice. Some PRs in there. And then I hit a PR with chains. I hit 440 for a double. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, 465, I believe, for a single. So. See, like a lot of uh, numbers-based uh, indicators that he was getting stronger. Um, so those sessions are, are awesome. When you have those big sessions, we all have them. You know, there's, there was sessions. There was a session that was total game-changer for me this summer. When we came into my space here, I had people over. I cooked up some hot dogs and hamburgs and some vegan patties. A lot of vegans out there nowadays. Um, I did not cook those very good. They fell apart real quick, so I got to get on my vegan game. But... <laughs> Either way, I cooked up hot dogs and hamburgers for everyone. That was a game-changing, game-changing uh, session there because I moved 700 pounds like I could do it for 12 reps. Uh, 750 felt super light in my hands, and it blew up 800. It was only my third time handling it. So you have sessions like that just like Elvis is talking about where uh, just good things happen, and they spark progress for the rest of the year. So um, you know, those sessions are, are, are going to be critical for your success. You can see that's why he has a lot of fond memories of a lot of uh, those sessions because they were big progress sparks for him. All right. So, you know, for example, some of my positives this past year, um, you know, obviously the benching, but some things that were were great uh, technically, I'll go to the technical route here, is uh, some cues and some, some approaches to using the bench shirt that really helped me out. So I was really struggling. I, I, I found that there was a lot of deviation between when things felt good and when things felt off. And when I started thinking about these two different things, uh, everything started to change and everything became consistently good. And that was a different approach to the setup, a slightly different approach to the setup. And then also uh, thinking about squishing the cushion. On the takeout, not trying to chase the bar. Because when you're chasing 800-something pounds, you come out of position, it's not going to go so well for you. All right. So really learning how to stay in the best position possible, have that weight given to me, uh, and go from there. So these are things that we touched on uh, past videos just recently. Within the past week, uh, I shared some of those big key things. It's called how to add 100 pounds to your bench in, what, five months or something like that. It was a catchy title, but I actually did that. You know, I actually did go uh, to a 90-pound PR, really, um, in from April to September, which was unbelievable. And then to, you know, get to a point where I actually handled over 900 pounds in training, kind of on accident, but, you know, it's nice <laughs> to find that out after the fact. But, um, you know, that's that was uh, a true, true thing. But those two technical things that were just immensely beneficial to me and that I look back in 20, 2019 – and I'm like, wow, that was really such a game changer. Um, what didn't go so well? Man, I got broken. <laughs> the injuries, the injuries, yes. In- injuries were was He couldn't really oh. do too much because he was always kind of on the sideline there. Yeah, it was – everything kind of fell apart, like, uh, during the last two weeks of my meat prep and just kind of carried on until pretty much October. Mm-hmm. 
Should, that, like I said, hopefully you're finishing this year on an upswing, but you got to reflect on the past year. you got to accept what happened. And why don't we go also, too, into what were your losses? Because uh, it's really important, guys. Though, there's a couple negative things here, um, but we turn the negatives into positives. So it's really important. You only, you only lose when you fail to learn. You know, I have that written here in this guide. You only lose when you fail to learn. So we can learn just as much from things that didn't go well than from when things were good. You know, I learned way more from the meets and the sessions that went horrible than I ever did from going into a great session or having a great meet. Um, You know, I always learn more from the losses. And winners hate to lose. So you find ways to fix that real quick. Okay, what were some of your losses? My uh, my full meet, that, that whole thing was just a huge loss. <laughs> you didn't so, have the greatest meet come about. Nope, I uh, I did compete in meet injured. So there's that, at the, whenever I think of it, it was the worst meet ever. After, it was still better than my first meet, and I was pretty much doing it on one leg. So I, I learned um, definitely about like meat nutrition again. I feel like it's the lesson that's going to beat me over the head until I get it right. Um, definitely just bringing more food, bringing more protein. I had a lot of carb snacks for the meat, and I realized I should have had like an actual full meal in addition to snacks. That probably would have helped me a lot, especially on the bench when I was getting some cramps. Um, so I did eat afterwards. I was fine on deadlift. And then really just making, um, like, putting direct attention to my mobility work. Mm-hmm. And just, like, fixing up some things, some movement issues, like some foot issues. I had my foot collapsing when I was walking. Led to all this, like, knee pain for no reason. It's, like, little things. So you learned, you had some shit going on, and you just, you had to take a step back and take care of it to make any type of progress. Yep. I'm still right now building up my squats just because I had to take a step back. We were basically from the bar, mm-hmm. and now we're uh, on the upswing. Things are going well. Uh, he learned from those experiences, so they weren't, you could think of them as negatives uh, and get frustrated with it and disappointed and pissed off, but, you know, if you're, are dedicated to getting better, um, and you truly enjoy the process, you have a strong why, and we're going to get into that, uh, you are going to find a way to change things and uh, make that progress. Okay, so he took it as a learning experience. You know, it's not easy to do. He was always beat up, but he stripped the bar down. He worked back up from the bottom. All right, it's a tough, tough thing to do, but he went and did it. Um, you know, for, for me... Um, I would say a uh, big thing for me was programming my own training. You know, I have enough lifters to take care of uh, that I just don't take care of myself. That uh, you know, I get so wrapped up in getting the programs done for all my lifters and whatnot, and, and I enjoy that so much. And that uh, when it comes to doing my own programming, um, it almost kind of falls by the wayside. Like the, I guess the plan's in place, but it's more mental. I never had anything written down, and. Um, you know, I felt like it started, although it was a great year, I felt like that needed to be changed to really make the progress that I wanted to make. Okay, so I uh, went and, and hired a coach to program me as well, someone who I trust very closely, uh, Jamie Mata from Fairhaven Powerlifting, and um, that's something that I want to continue doing this year, uh, and having that that help, and having that guidance, and Having someone to watch my stuff, having someone to program for me, uh, that was something that I needed uh, needed to make a change with. And now I can just focus on being an athlete. So that's been immense for me. Um, I don't have to worry about it. There's 
program it for me. I'm just going to go and I'm going to execute and hit it hard. And I don't got to think about anything else. So if I'm also if I'm coaching lifters while I'm training, I know what I need to do. But now I can spend more time um, not thinking about my training, but just seeing what's going on across the room. Okay, so it's been huge for me. So let's let's go into step two. Now we are defining our goals for 2020. Okay, and we're gonna start with what's your why? You know, why are you doing this? Um, you know, that's a really strong. Uh, backing to to all your goals and you know you need to know why you're even bothering doing this powerlifting is a pretty brutal sport can beat you up really bad um, you got to really be like invested in it somehow you like you got to have a strong why of why you want to go through this um, you know some things for me here just to share them uh, and it's really tough to come up with your why if you really deep think about it like why are you doing this stuff right one thing is to lead by example for my team. All right, uh, I want to be a role model, not just for my team, but just for uh, lifters in general. You know, I want to be a uh, different figure to look up to. Um, you know, the way I do things, maybe someone can relate uh, and look up to someone different. And the way I conduct myself on the platform, uh, the way I go about my training. You know, the philosophies I put in the place through my training, and one thing I'm really proud of is remaining injury-free for as long as I have been. Um, you know, nothing major, serious, knock on wood, but, um, you know, that's a very important thing for me is leading by example. Uh, it's it's a real integral part of my identity. You know, how I identify um, myself is uh, very deeply rooted in lifting. That gave me a lot of confidence at a younger age, lifting. Um, and it was like my place. You know, I didn't really feel like I fit in in many other scenarios. You talk about, like, scenario, confidence in scenarios. Um, that was, when I was around lifters in that environment, it was just something I attached to and identified uh, myself to. So it's part of my identity. And, um, you know, the big thing for me, too, coming back this year, doing a full meet, was really the, the thrill of going through a full meet and just that mental test uh, of strength there because it's very difficult. You know, like this last meet, it was from 8 in the morning till 9 at night, and I am getting battered down. <laughs> it's, it's a long day. You need to keep fueling during the course of the day. There's a lot of emotions at play. Um, you're bleeding probably. You're hurting. Your bones hurt. Um, <laughs> You know, everything hurts. I'm going to the, the shitter every two seconds from fluids I'm drinking over and over. Uh, it's just very exhausting. feels like you got hit by a bus a couple times, um, which I don't really know. I haven't been hit by a bus, but I assume it, it kind of hurts. So, <laughs> uh, But it, it's, a really, it's a real strong mental test um, and patience and all that, and I just really enjoy that. It's like you, you go through your training, and then... You put it all on the line on meet day, and you know it's going to be a grind, but you welcome it, and that's just the payoff right there. It's just the feeling of the payoff. Even if it doesn't go your way, just kind of going through that, um, it just feels good. feels real good. So that that's a real big why for me is just having that that test fortitude, so to speak. Um, what what you got for your whys, Elvis? Well, for me, like just competition is integral, like from – Young age, I just love competition. That's a good one. It's a good I, one. But uh, I, you know, 
I want to play football. So right now it's like, let's see what I can do in like powerlifting and see what I can push. And just, it gives me like a good outlet. It's just, I love the training. So it's, I think a lot of, um, you know, former athletes will get into powerlifting. That's typically the route that ends up ended up get going, you know, as they take, um, you know, they don't have that competitive outlet and they just kind they of just, funnel it into the training. Yeah. They just need something and powerlifting. Mm-hmm. I, I met so many friends and have so many opportunities just because of it. I'd mm-hmm. love to just continue in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you want to achieve competitively this, this upcoming year? Because you compete yourself, so yep. you know, I'm sure you got some competitive goals. And, and something I wrote down here, um, when we're talking competitively, uh, I'm talking like rankings, numbers, specific numbers you want to achieve, records that you might be in line for, um, certain placings at events, or just being at certain events. And a great resource for this, if you're not sure how you stack up, openpowerlifting.org is a great, rather new resource within the last few years. Um, and it's literally like a database, and you can search anything, um, age groups, buy certain lifts, um, buy Wilkes, you know, all kinds of stuff, buy individual federations, all listed in there. So check that out. I mean, there's something to shoot for for anyone, which is why I love it. So I hate that the top guys have that attitude, well, you know, this this person's all excited about this federation record, um, you know, and they, you know, they're not even top 20, so you don't have to worry about it or whatever. But, you know, if you're, I remember being at that early stage. I mean, it's just fun. It's just fun to know that, wow, you know, I'm up in line for this record, although it's a small thing that I guess doesn't matter if you're at the top. But, um, you know, you got to have some things to shoot for and have goals for. So, um, you know, I, I encourage it. I think, you know, if even if you're 250th, all, you know, all time, whatever, if you want to be in that top 200, Go for it. You know, it's something that's going to motivate you towards in your training. So uh, I think that's awesome. So what do you want to compete? Uh, what do you want to get competitively this year, Chief? Well, that, that one's interesting. I, I kind of want to have uh, one of the big pulls at one of GAG's events. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you want, you're saying you want to be a, a top dog? I, I want to have one of those big pulls. I want to come in, maybe like I heard A specific thing. number? You want to be like the best pull at the meet kind of thing. <laughs> Or we're going to see how like the competition stacks up, but I think uh, my training goes right. I can, I can be one of those top right there. Sounds like you're going for the gold. Got to go for the gold. Not fresh or less. See, that's an interesting <laughs> one. That's an interesting one. Competitively, he wants to be, um, you know, the top dog at a meet that you've helped out at for many years. Uh, you've competed at too, right? Yep. And I, I don't think I've ever competed at one of his meets. Oh, okay. So, so just you know, because I, I, find, I um, you know, coming up. There was a lot of like local meets where, like RPS for example, many local meets where uh, I never won best lifter, and I always thought it'd be really awesome to. I don't know if I get to the point. And then 2016, um, that last meet that year when I qualified for Arnold, me and my good buddy uh, Shawnee Fagan, we actually won best lifter together, and um, it was great because you know he's my buddy, compete with me at the meet. It was just us two going down. And um, it's funny because I was multiply, he was raw, and so who's the real best lifter, right? So I always give him a hard time that I actually kicked his ass. But um, we both won best lifter. I thought that was freaking awesome because I always wanted to achieve that never knew if I'd really get to that point. Um, but it's more that event-oriented goal. You know, I compete in within the RPS Federation uh, at these local meets. You know, this one we traveled Pennsylvania, but... 
Um, just like Elvis is saying, you kind of climbed to the top of the ladder when before you were just kind of an afterthought. You know, my first RPS meet, I don't remember the total, but maybe 1,200. But, I mean, you know, it was nothing compared to what was happening that day. And then to go to the top and be like best lifter at a meet, uh, pretty cool. But that's kind of what Elvis is talking about, right? I, I know even if, because uh, like I've had the opportunity before to be the biggest pull in my flight. And it's just, you know, having to miss that opportunity for some reason. Like this past summer, I had, I had to miss it because I was pulling on one leg. And I came like three inches from lockout. Mm-hmm. And would have been the biggest pull of the flight. So just like having that, knowing that even though... Like, hey, like, my squat's not that impressive, my bench isn't that impressive, but if I could, like, lead off with a big pull to finish it off, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, this, it's, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> Moving on. All right, scary goals, guys. Before we move on, <laughs> shouts out to the lids at Starbucks and these iced coffees. I just dropped this. And it stayed on. It stayed on. No spills. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> uh, so, um... Uh, also, the thing I want to touch on is saying your goals, sharing your goals, telling people your goals. You know, one thing to write them down, but I also saw the statistic that that 42%, I believe it was, that jumps up even more when you tell someone your goals. You share your goals out into the world. Um, jumps up even more to 42%. All you have to do is write it down and tell someone. Um, so put your goals out there for the world to hear and to share. Um, things you want to achieve and who cares if people laugh at you you know when I hear someone's goal even if it's if it's crazy we're going to talk about scary goals here even if it sounds crazy I'm still going to be like I'm still going to push someone to achieve it because I know if even if they go for it they're going to end up somewhere close or some in a good spot and I've heard some heard some crazy stuff I've heard 800 pound deadlift from someone who hasn't even hit really a 600 pound deadlift and yet, or done a meat deadlift yet. Um, however, you know, they got to a good place. It wasn't 800 by any means. I, you know, probably could deduct that that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, it's better to think in, in a bigger capacity. I, I never want to dumb down someone's mindset. You know, thinking big is a really important quality that a lot of people lack. And I think it should be nurtured. Um, so while it is a little crazy to think huge goals sometimes, you want to promote that. It's a good way of thinking. Okay? Achieve big. So uh, scary goals. What would be a scary goal? I put it down here. It's a goal you almost feel outlandish telling someone. Like you, you feel, you know, why am I even saying this to this person? Is this, or, you know, it's almost like you doubt yourself a little bit. Like it has to be something that gets you nervous to think about. Like, shit, I'm going to have that much weight on me? You know what I mean? Um, a goals that uh, others would kind of scoff at and be like, yeah, right. You know, you got to have those kind of goals. That's that's your scary goal. You know, that your, your goal that you feel like there's more doubters than than people supporting you kind of deal. Uh, what's your scary goal, Elvis? You got a scary goal? Oh, of course I got a scary goal. I want to pull uh, three times body weight. And what number would that, would that come out to? That... Well, first of all, you want to drop weight, so there's that in itself. Okay, so, so there's, a I port, wanna, there's a port. You want to meet it by dropping weight. Yep, I want to pull 600 at 200. 200 pounds. Yep. And what's your best pull? Uh, at 205, I pulled 515. If we're going by, like, stats, like, weight to, Things like... Things you've done before? Yep. So you're trying to... This, how much body... What body weight you at now? Uh, right now, I'm dropping down to 239. 
And my first weigh in sub 240. So this is. Okay, so you want to lose 40 pounds almost and add 85 pounds well, to your deadlift. This year I pulled 540. So adding 60 pounds okay. to my deadlift. 60, well, at the 200 yeah. pounds though, you did 85. Yeah. So see, that's something that would require probably a good amount of work, but it's, it's a good, scary goal. That's a great, scary goal because. You know, maybe you hear that for the first time, and you're like, shit, now, you know, lose 40 pounds and, and gain 85 on that previous deadlift mark, 60 on what you're currently doing. My best, That's a good haul for anyone at any weight. My best ratio before was 2.4. Like, so, he, you know, it's, it's trying to add a good amount to the ratio. Um, you know, that's a good scary goal. Do you feel almost like, you know, why am I bothering telling someone kind of deal? Do you, you know? Oh, yeah. It's one of those things, like, I say it to myself. It's like, oh, this is this is silly. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's that's a great scary goal. That's the kind of feeling you want to get from it. We're not talking about normal goals that you're probably going to achieve or get close to. You know, something that's really freaking scary that gets you nerved up. You know, that almost makes me feel like mine's undershot. You know, I want to hit a 900-pound bench. Um, only reason I put that as a scary goal is because... Um, you know, I didn't think I was going to go from seven to eight hundred myself <laughs> last year. Um, you know, I I have actually had nine, over nine hundred pounds in my hands in training. Um, the prospect of hitting nine hundred, I almost feel, is just not ready for me yet because um, you know I know there's going to be you know a, probably a weight component to that. Like I want to fill out the weight class and um, you know probably a different shirt, but. Um, there's just a lot that goes into it, and I don't expect to leap 200 pounds in two years. That's usually unlikely. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it out, but I almost feel like that's uh, – I didn't make it scary enough yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's how you want to make a scary goal. Like 900-pound bench I don't even think does it for me. I want to have something even scarier than that. Listen, I was playing the Monster Mash when I was writing this out this morning, so things got spooky. <laughs> So, guys, you got to think think really big here. Your scary goal. This is one of my favorite parts of the whole planning guide. Okay. Um, we're moving on to, uh, well, we're still on step two here, and we're talking about giving back. Uh, giving back is really important. I, I feel like, yeah, especially for my team, I, I want to upset that that um, that precedent to want to give back in some capacity. And what that could mean is you help out at a meet. You, one of the meets you normally go to, maybe you competed at in the past, Maybe you volunteer a helping hand. Maybe you want to, um, you know, Adam, come on, coach, you know you want that 1K. Uh, that, you know, that, I always joke around, that's my retirement goal. <laughs> Once I hit that 1,000-pound bench, I'm good kicking the bucket there. But um, I don't know. I guess once you hit that, you just kind of want to hit the record after that. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I expected to get there, like, in my 30s or something. But I don't know. Things are moving well. So I don't know. Maybe I won't retire. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, I'll stick with 900 first. Um, how are you going to give back in 2020? So if you usually do a meet, ask to help out at it. You know, just uh, load some weights. It's just good karma. You talk about, um, you know, giving back during the year. Um, you know, being a philanthropist, just trying to do something out of the ordinary to help out. You know, if powerlifting gives so much to you, give back to it. Uh, meets can always help. I use a helping hand. People to load weights. No one wants to load weights throughout the whole day. It's freaking really exhausting. Um, judging, if you're in a position to be in a judging chair, volunteer, uh, whatever they need. Just find out. Handle a lifter. You know, maybe one of your friends has helped you out. 
Maybe you're just like, hey, uh, when are you doing another meet? I just want to be there for you. you know, I'm sure they could use help. And uh, you share information. This is one of the routes I take a lot of. Um, just trying to get more information out to more people. That's really the root of what I want to do. Um, just want to help more people get stronger and, and just see success in something that I've always enjoyed and given a lot to me. Uh, introducing new people to the sport. This is a big goal of mine this year. Uh, even though, even if I'm not coaching the lifter personally, um, just from talking to people, I want to push them to do their first meet. It's such a rewarding experience. Some people are nervous around it. Um, I want to do my part to get people involved in uh, doing a meet. You know, that's that's going to be something that is a, a big goal for me uh, this year. All right. Um, step three, declaring your numbers. Okay. Uh, this is where we're going to pick out specific numbers we want to achieve uh, this upcoming year. Elvis, what do you got for, for declaring your numbers? Well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of peeked onto your page and I might want to change one of mine. Okay. So, what do you got? For the squat, I want to hit 415. Okay. Uh, for the bench, I want to finally hit 275. And then for the deadlift, I wrote 600. But you wrote 625. So, I'm <laughs> so he wants to beat me. <laughs> so I, think I, I think I want to do, uh, you know, 626. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fair enough. He's always trying to battle me on the deads here. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going with, uh, I want to squat 900. That would be an extra 100 on the squat, uh, especially with a new squat suit. I feel like that's way within reach, uh, probably more than any of them. Bench, 900. That was my scary goal. So if I could end the year with those two numbers, that would be awesome. And deadlift, 625. Uh, deadlift is absolutely my weak point. Um, I found out that I feel good to potentially do that number within reach now, but um, I feel like my grip strength, especially in a full meat capacity, is so far off. Um, you know, I couldn't even close to hand, handling a 585 um, that there's just so much work to be done with grip strength and just the problems I have in my hands in general. I don't know why they like it's just some shitty stuff going on there. Um, but, you know, that's why I have my deadlift um, relatively reasonable because I feel like there's just so much work to be done with grip strength. A um, lot of potential, though. So that's why I have that. And the total uh, 2300 Plus, which was one of my um, number goals. See, when I originally put down my numbers, I hit 1290. And I was like thinking, I can't sneak in an extra 10 pounds somewhere. That's right. Make that 1300. So you had to beat my deadlift. So I had to beat deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I have some other lifts too I want to really Yeah, what are, you, what are the other lifts that aren't just squat bench deadlift? I, I want to hit a three-plate seal row. Because that seems damn near impressive. I hit a 255 for a set of six. Okay. So it's not like completely... Outlandish that I can hit three fifteen. Yeah, you know row. what? But rowing three fifteen plus for reps is uh, my goal too. It is. It feels heavy already, so we'll big see. Back, <laughs> big back, big bench. Got to push it. And I want to hit at least a hundred and fifty pound overhead press. Okay, it's my overhead press is absolute. I have an overhead press goal too. I'm trying to get uh, two seventy five plus. Absolutely terrible overhead mm-hmm. press. Gotta you want to just up. get a 150-pounder? 150-pounder. Uh, you got to set your goal a little higher. I think that, <laughs> that, once you get consistent, I think that will come up real quick. Um, and I have a raw bench goal. I don't know if I'm actually going to have time to compete this year raw. I don't really have plans to. But uh, I would like to do 470-plus. Uh, probably would never come to fruition because I don't think I'll be doing that in training and or at a meet. I don't know, um, fellow. There's a picture of you at Monster Bench down there. 
So uh, our monster bench. I just want. I honestly want to go out to Tennessee bench with Tony Carlino. So I don't know if our monster bench is in the cards for me this year. I go every year. I mean, going out with Tony so Carlino. That sounds like a good time. It is. I don't know. Either way, it's a good time. <laughs> so I'll be at one of those events probably. Um, habit change. I don't know if I'll bench raw at that though. I doubt it. Habits change. Step four. Okay. Uh, habits. We just talked about. Very, very important that um, you know we build them into our routine. They become second nature, things that we just automatically do without thinking. Uh, what are some of your, your bad habits you want to break this year? And then let's go into some good habits. My worst bad habit is doing half training sessions. Because like, I'll either come in straight from work or like first thing in the morning. Like fully, I do all my main movements. I'll go through like squat, bench, deadlift, there. And then... After, like, I either have, like, a time constraint or just something else going on. I'm just not feeling great. I just leave. Mm-hmm. And I have to break that habit and just consistently finish a session. I gotcha. And then, then what do you got for good? Good habits is um, I want to keep building up. I made training my priority this year, especially in my meet prep. And then it was the greatest success I've had. And then continue to uh, meal prep. Because I've done that. When I consistently do it, I feel like everything's on the ball. I don't like eat out as much. I don't feel bad. So, mm-hmm. and then continuing on with uh, mobility work, um, keep on doing like some sort of yoga. Maybe not the frequency I was doing it earlier in the year, which was daily, but at least twice a week. I think yeah, that's coming back, spot. taking care of yourself, trying to keep up with that stuff. Yeah, my my main limit is being healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's what's holding you back last year, so that's going to be a big action step, probably. Um, for myself, a lot of nutrition based stuff. Uh, like I said, I have someone programming for me now, coaching me. Uh, so that's taken care of. That was something that was a bad habit this year, just kind of put training on the back burner. Um, but now just being able to focus on being an athlete from that perspective helps a ton. Um, and then you know, a lot, like you said, nutrition-based, tracking food is going to be a really important habit I want to continue to build upon. I kind of got away from but um, you know, knowing how much I'm eating on a regular is going to be critical, and you know, filling out that weight class, 275, and, and just keeping my weight up. It's very easy for me right now to drop weight where I am at, um, so I got to continue to keep up with the eating. So that's been very important. Um, so that's going to be big in the planning guide. You go to bigbenches.com. You download download yours for free. All right, you go to the store page programs. Um, so you guys fill that out, the habits, you know, think about that one. Uh, so action steps. Now, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you have five action steps that you can write down. Not anymore. All right? We're not, we're limiting it to five because it's going to force you to think. Okay, five only. So what are your five, Daryl? Let's, let's run through them. All right. I want to plan out my food for the day and slash the week. Um, so what, what my friends does is I thought it was really interesting. He goes to a grocery store. He buys five pounds of meat, get it in individual containers, all marinated, all pre-cut and everything. Mm-hmm. He has a pound a day during the week. That's how he stays on track during the week. I thought that was real. Very easy measurement tool. So easy. Just uh, So I want to do that. I want to plan out the food for the day. And just At the end of the day, I need to eat all this meat because my protein number is what I struggle with the most. So just mapping out my protein, the rest I can fill in. That That's would good. Do That's wonders. very actionable. He's just going to go. He's going to do that. He's going to eat it. Yeah. Uh, making a schedule for all my training sessions. Because like you, I go in with a framework. I have, I want to hit this, this, and this, but nothing's written down. I know I'm progressing week to week, but I'm not, 
I, I'm, it makes it harder to go into the gym and have to like think of exercises rather than have it all laid out, ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that leads in the next one, which is focus on my programming. So taking time out and mapping out a macro cycle instead of just the micro cycles I've been mapping. Mm-hmm. So usually I plan out the week. Having a bigger plan. Exactly. I want to plan out two months, three months, just something that I yep. can actually do in blocks. Gotcha. Uh, I want to keep gym clothes and food in my car or in the fridge or somewhere that I can keep so I can go directly from work to the gym. Because I find that once you, you know, once you go home, things get a little squirrely. Not necessarily, I don't want to go out anymore, but something happened, my, needs yeah. my attention, and it's absolutely huge mess. And then daily mobility work. Because like you said, you do the core four at least once a day, get that in. I think that even if I don't do longer yoga sessions, I'll just get... Something. I I need to work on my ankle mobility right now. It's the main limiting movement in my squat. It's causing me some knee pain. So working on that daily when I have time would do wonders in improving that area. Anthony Renna wrote a great book recently. I've been reading Be Like the Best. um, And it just kind of showcased the the habits and routines of um, very successful people in the fitness field. And um, most of them are starting their morning routines with some sort of exercise, uh, whether it's yoga for even seven minutes or going for a walk or something. The day is starting off with some sort of movement. Um, so that's a big theme in that book. Uh, for, for myself, filling out the weight class, I want to compete over 265 regularly, um, get scary weight on the bench bar, you know, shit that, you know, like when I hit the 910, I wouldn't have put that on if I thought I was putting on 910. But, um, you know, just kind of throwing it on and taking it for a ride. Um, Increase back strength and volume there. Track food intake consistently, like I said. And then I want to try to make a habit to walk every day in some capacity. Uh, Short walk around the block or if I had time to take a longer walk. But I feel like not only do you get the physical um, benefits but mental as well. And it uh, kind of clears my head space of, you know, all the whirlwind of stuff. I'm like, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do that, I got to go to this place. You know, constantly running all day. Sometimes you just need that mental break. And walking is a great way to do that. Listen to a podcast or just dewind. Um, so those are my five action steps right now as I have them. And, um, you know, I really want you guys to narrow it down to five. All right, no more. Because um, when you boil it down to five, you're only going to get the essential things. Yes, the, the things you need, you know you need to do. Because then you can pick and choose, right? Like I could have put something else instead. But I felt like what I had was more important. Um, and if you think about these five action steps you have written down, you could probably dig even deeper. So, for example, for oh. Elvis's, yeah, you could, and any of these, he could get deeper. So, focus on his programming. He could plan out a specific day in a month or a specific day that he's going to go to a certain place. Maybe he goes to Starbucks and he knows he's going to spend two hours just writing this thing down. So he can plan it down to the specific date and time he is going to actually focus on his programming instead of just putting it generally. I mean, you could probably, for everyone, walk every day. I mean, I could lay out specific times and um, strategies I'm going to use each day of the week, um, track food intake consistently. I could get a lot deeper with all these, and that's what you want to kind of think about when you're writing these down, is what's going to be the first step. You know, download the tracker. You know, that's obviously the first thing you got to do there. Um so like that's important. Order a kitchen scale so you can accurately weigh and measure out all your food. Yeah, you, you might want to weigh food. You don't have a kitchen scale. So that's the first thing is actually buying the damn kitchen scale. Um, write a framework. What's, like, your, what's your framework? What do you, I have um, – so mine's – I know things are going to vary. You know, I know things are going to be different depending on what I'm doing in my training, um, how much help I need. 
things like that. It's just going to be different. Although I have a rather consistent schedule, weekend times vary. I know things are going to be different week to week. So um, I'm trying to plan out the best I can ahead of time, but I know I'm going to be deadlifting Sunday, Monday, usually bench pressing Monday, Tuesday, squatting Thursday, Friday, bench pressing Friday, Saturday. I was very, very general, and during the peak of a meet, I want to cut down to three times weekly. Uh, I find that's a good strategy for me. So um, that's my general framework. What do you have, Daryl? So I also have a general framework because uh, right now I do have a very physical job. That unfortunately dictates my training. So Saturday and Sunday are a must to trade because I do not work um, at the oil rig then. So, See, that's a really good um, thing that he knows when he's not working. So he knows he has to get training at these times because the other times he might not even get home in time. Like Ideally, I want to push my Saturday as the heaviest day of the week. I have another day for recovery. I could do some other stuff. Uh, and then I need to get to the gym at least twice during the week. Okay. Ideally, that'd be Tuesday and Thursday. Just have a little day gap. But when you get it in, you get it in. And I could try to program some lighter bodybuilding accessory work then, especially if I want to do uh, like a weight loss phase. So, so I I encourage everyone to be as consistent as they can. You know, if you have a consistent schedule, you kind of know what you're doing ahead of time. Um, you know, force yourself. Hey, Thursday afternoon, I need to train. Um, but if you have variances in your schedule, maybe you get home at different times. Um, maybe you're like me, you just need specific help at different times. Um, you know, things are going to vary. Obviously, ideally, we could just put in a time this is when it's happening. If not, though, um, you know, just pre-plan it more. Like, so Elvis said, he doesn't have, he knows the days he doesn't have work. He has to do some training then. He can probably plan all his heavy stuff then if he has to double up or whatever. And then... During the week, he knows generally a couple days he, he wants to try to go. doesn't work out. He knows he's got to get it in some other time, but he's aware of that stuff. He's got to, like, backups, uh, backup plans in place. And then usually I have my schedule at the beginning of the week, so I know there's an emergency. If, I'm, if I can see that I'm going to go in from, like, 7 to 9, it's really not ideal. I might push my training for 5 a.m. Yeah, you might just have to do that. So uh, that's good. Good general framework there. And um, when are you competing this year? So that's another question in this framework. We want to know, kind of want to lay out our year ahead of time. Even though you might not have this specific event, and I put specific events and locations, you might not know that stuff ahead of time. But have, even if you just know the next meet, have a general framework for how you want to work out your year. You know, what times you want to compete, how many competitions you want to do um, in relations to your goals. So what do you got? you have anything there? So for this year, I actually want to backload it. I want to spend like the first couple months just fully getting healthy, fully getting there. I might do a one-lift meet here and there. I'm thinking in February I might do a iHeart deadlifting. Um, just It's kind of like a tune-up. Like let me, let me pull heavy. Let me have an excuse to do that and train for that. But um, other than that, I know I want to compete in the fall. Okay. So that's at least a time schedule. And then from there, it just kind of dictates how my training's going, how – my um, mobility work's going and how I can stay injury-free, hopefully. Because I think I'm done competing in the summer. Yeah, uh, I think I'm done competing in the winter. Because <laughs> I freaking, my nose will bleed like freaking nuts. I, I feel like in the summer... No I just, cap on it. I had to deal with like all the hydration issues and then it's just, it's a huge mess. Yeah, I, um, I'd almost rather deal with that than trying to hope I don't bleed out profusely. And I'll... <laughs> I'll bleed all over. Just keep the uh, bag stocked with uh, the nose tampons. Yeah, yeah, I I needed that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just training in the winter just sucks. Uh, blood everywhere. Um, 
Who are you going to travel to learn from and train with this year? And this is something I put in new this year. Uh, I feel like it's very important to get out of your comfort zone. Go train with people stronger than you. Learn from people. You know, if you seriously want to get stronger, the best way to do it is go learn from new people. Okay. So, um, I have some big benches here that I, I want to compete with, train with, you know, learn from. Uh, Tony Carlino. Um, you know, in the past year, I've done some meets with him. Did a last man standing in the, the Arnold and stuff. Uh, awesome guy. We had him on for a podcast. And um, uh, he had a rough go to the beginning of the year. Was was sick for a good amount of time. Got scary for a bit, but he's back to full strength now. He's a tremendous lifter, bencher especially. And, um, you know, I want to take the opportunity to actually do some travel, go out and uh, compete with him, uh, potentially in Tennessee, maybe in April. Um, as he goes for a really big bench, thousand pound bench wants to obtain, and uh, Jimmy Cobb, who's actually world record holder in two forty two pound class with nine fifty bench, and uh, he's just tremendously strong. And I uh, helped um, handle, well, not handle, but um, what's the right word? Spot. I don't want to say spot. Uh, three man handoff. I was part of the three man crew, <laughs> along with big mustache guy, and. Um, it was awesome meeting him there in the in the summer at that Pennsylvania meet. Um, awesome guy, and I've been watching him on uh, Instagram, seeing his stories he puts up and stuff. Just some really great training stuff I've been taking away from what he's doing. Uh, he's doing all kinds of crazy bullshit with, with bands and the triceps and a bunch of heavy rows and um, just seeing how much he attacks back and just some of the crazy shit he's doing. Um, you know, I've already taken so much away from watching how he's training. And then, uh, of course, Tiny Meeker, um, he's the all-time GOAT of benching, um, highest bench press, so you know, how, you can't, no one beat him yet. So uh, he's the man, and plus he lives in Texas. Uh, any opportunity I could take to go to Texas, uh, I would like to take that opportunity. So uh, I would love to go down there and um, you know, just see his gym and, and meet him. And um, you know, I've, I've seen him at the Arnold and took a picture with him and whatnot a couple of times, but I really want to get in there and train and bench around him and kind of pick his brain a little bit and um, see some of the stuff he does. Just I, I'm not as much, I'm not a question asker as much when I'm around people. I'm horrible with that. If I go to an event, I don't ask questions. Um, if there's something very pressing, I do. But what I like to do, uh, my memory sucks, but I really like to um, just observe people's tendencies and trainings. Uh, I learn a lot from just being observant, um, not talking, just kind of taking in, um, and I just I take away things from doing that. So I get a lot out of just seeing how people kind of conduct themselves. Like I'm not in the office for the New England Patriots, but I can't tell you how much I've just kind of applied to my life just watching them how they run their organization. Um, it's just pretty pretty nuts and like their approach to next game, you know, next team, whatever. Um, you know, just a lot to take away from just watching them over the years, and and same with good benchers. You know, there's there's tendencies there that if you just watch closely, uh, you can see good lifters do same types of things. All right, so uh, yeah, that's that's a little list I put together real quick. Um, you know, I got three people there just jumped in front of my mind that I really want to learn from. I uh, I have I'm more of like reading the books that a lot of people like give out and everything, but there's a few live events I actually want to go to. Um, there's one that's going to happen in Ohio during the Arnold. Um, mm-hmm. Some podcasts to listen to. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to go to there. 
uh, I just actually I pre-ordered Lane Norton's new book, and it actually just dropped the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to like dive into that. It's a reverse diet ebook. I'm pumped to like read through that. And um, other than that, just whatever opportunities kind of present itself. It's like I've mm-hmm. been able to like go to like all these different gyms and everything. Mm-hmm. I do want to come on down to the pit because that is right, you know, right around the corner. Get uh, pull some heavy deads with everybody there. So it seems like a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, they, they, the point is with this guide, guys, is that you want to have something written down. It's going to hold you to do it. Um, so you know, you got a whole year ahead of you. Even if you have to travel a good amount, make a point to you know at least one time this year. Okay, one time this year, just go out, do something different, learn from someone. You do that on a yearly basis, you know, 20 years past, you do this for the past 20 years, you make a point of doing this stuff, um, imagine how much you can learn. You know, so that's kind of the point with this. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's the, the guide, guys. It's uh, six steps, a lot of questions that get you thinking. Um, again, bigbenches.com, you can go... Uh, I'll, I'll put it on the homepage too. Uh, it was a really big thing last year. I expect many to, to get it this year as well. Um, but if you go to programs in the store page, bigbenches.com, get this 2020 planning guide. Uh, I'm amped about it. I hope you're just as amped as I am. We touched a lot about it today. Um, again, if you fill this out completely and you send it to me, coachben at bigbenches.com, you email it to me. I will give you a free month in our VIP group. And there's a lot of perks and things in that group. Um, posting up videos for critique. Um, you know, We post exclusive content today. So if you love our bench videos, you're going to receive deadlift squat videos as well. In that content folder, we have free program templates. A um, lot of great stuff, guys, that I don't want you to miss out on. And it can be done as simply as filling this paper out and sending it to me. Because I want to see you get better this upcoming year in 2020. Um, you know That's why I put this together. Uh, I know how much it has benefited me, uh, has benefited our athletes, and I know it will benefit you greatly. So please go download it. Uh, it costs you nothing to do. It's $0. Um, just have to fill out your information. I don't have that information, so <laughs> I'm not trying to hijack anyone's stuff. Um, I just want you to download this, get this. Um, so I put it on the website, free purchase. And while you're there, if you want to buy my ebook, it's two ninety nine. You can throw that in the cart too. <laughs> so, guys, I appreciate you listening in. That's the twenty twenty planning guide. I am pumped about this upcoming year. I hope everyone else is as well. This is our final podcast for twenty nineteen. So we're wrapping up the year with a bang here. We're kicking it off with a bang. Um, I don't know what the first podcast in twenty twenty will be. But it's going to be some kind of freaking kicker. Probably some kind of, um, uh, probably something related to the topic. But I really want to kick off with a bang here, guys. Got a lot of good stuff. We're stepping up the content in 2020. Um, you know, this year I think it was already taking leaps and bounds uh, to getting more information out. But I got some big plans for this upcoming year. Um, yeah, I've been talking about getting this book out to this bench book. Getting on Amazon. People getting the hands of the people. And um, this year I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I got some action steps um, put into place. We're going to get this shit published out there to you guys. So um, 2020 going to be a good year. I'm excited for it. going to be a great year for your training. I'm Coach Ben with Big Ass Knees. And you have been listening to The Benchcast.